Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on the first day of the week, Jesus' followers were together. The doors were locked because they were afraid of the elders. Then Jesus came and stood right in the middle and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. His followers were thrilled when they saw the Lord. 
Then Jesus said again, Peace be with you, and the parents sent me, I now send you. After he said this, he breathed and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Thomas, was one of the, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other followers kept telling Thomas, We saw the Lord. But Thomas said, I will not believe until I put my finger where the nails were and my hand into his side. A week later, the followers were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came in and stood right in the middle. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and look at my hands. Put your hands here in my side. Stop being an unbeliever and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you see me. Those who believe without seeing me will be truly blessed. Jesus did many other miracles in the presence of his followers that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Then by believing, you may have life through his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. It's so great to be here today. I have worshipped with you several times a couple of years ago before the pandemic and uh, shortly after I retired from Walnut Creek. Um, Kristen's been a long time friend, so I'm really glad to be here. I want to tell you about a part of India called Kerala. Do we have anybody from Kerala here today? Okay. 
Well, no one to correct me. <laughs> Kerala is kind of like India's down under. It's a narrow strip of land overlooking the southern tip of the subcontinent. It's monsoon-driven, sun-drenched, humid, lush, green, full of rivers, streams, lakes, backwaters, coconut trees, and it is teeming with people. The Arabian Sea's white beaches fringe Kerala to the west, while the western mountain valleys with their tropical forests and eternities of grassland defined its eastern boundary. The distance from the sea across the state's midsection, a world of rubber tree farms and tea and cardamom plantations, averages only between 25 and 75 miles. Few areas in the world can boast more ideal growing conditions for spices. And now, we all know how valuable spices were in the ancient world, and long before Jesus' times, both Arab and Jewish traders were coming to Kerala and residing there and uh, trading. Now, modern Christians of Kerala believe that Thomas, the Thomas of our scripture reading, the one who famously said, unless I see, unless I touch, in today's gospel reading, that that Thomas came to Kerala in 52 AD and established seven churches. The diverse, rich center of Kerala may well have drawn this Palestinian Jew of the Roman Empire who wished to share the gospel. But I know I was skeptical when I first heard this story from a, a parishioner in the Davis United Methodist Church from Kerala. But consider this. In 1498, when the Portuguese explorer Vasco da Gama, Vasco da Gama sailed to Kerala to open the first, the first European trading route to India, to Kerala, he was surprised to find Christians, lots of Christians. Thousands of churches in Kerala today bear Thomas's name. Their rituals and their theology are derived from Eastern Orthodox traditions in the liturgical language of Syriac, a formulation of Aramaic. And what do we know about Aramaic? It was the probable dialect of Jesus and of Thomas. The disciple we call Doubting Thomas, 24 million Christians of India call St. Thomas the Apostle. 
In July, July 1st, the Walnut Creek United Methodist Church, where I have my church conference membership, will receive a new pastor who is one of their descendants, one of their American-born descendants, Montu Josie. So I don't know if it happened this way, but I want to tell you I know the story is true from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. It's Easter evening, and the disciples are hiding behind locked doors. Then the risen Christ appears among them. He says, peace be with you. There were no recriminations, no anger, no, how could you disappear and desert me? No condemnation, no judgment. Not even an understandable venting of frustrations. Instead, the first words Jesus offered were both greeting and gift. Peace be with you. He knew why they had barred the door. He saw that they were not really regrouping. They were not getting it together. They were not deciding on their next move. They were scared, and they were hiding out. The government had just arrested, tried, and given the death penalty to their leader in a very, very terroristic kind of way. Yet suddenly, in the middle of their fear and confusion, there he was, saying, peace be with you. He says to them, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Now, of course, the Latin word for sent is missio, from which we get mission. So to be sent is to be on a mission. All Christians are sent by Christ to be on a mission. So think about, what is your mission? The risen Christ breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. That breathing is important. It means to inspire, to put spirit into. Christ animates his followers with divine energy and insight so they will move forward with God's power and guidance within them. Then Jesus talks about forgiveness, which gives us some sense of what's uppermost in his mind. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Forgiveness is the course that these disciples are challenged to take. As difficult as the path may be, they have just seen Jesus three days earlier be crucified. And they are called to forgiveness. 
The forgiveness of sins is the spirit-empowered mission of continuing Christ's work in the world. Now Thomas is out of the room when all this happens. Thomas is first mentioned in the Gospel of John when Lazarus has died, and Jesus tells the disciples he has to go back to Judea. Jesus wants to do this even though there are people in Judea who want to stone him. It is Thomas who says, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas is not afraid to die with Jesus. We should call him brave Thomas because he is not hiding out in a locked room like the other disciples. Perhaps he is the only disciple who is actually out looking for Jesus because Mary has reported seeing him. When Thomas returns, he learns that the risen Christ has appeared to the most fearful disciples. Thomas doesn't have confidence in what the other disciples have seen and says, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark and oh, put my, okay, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Now Thomas's question here is the world's question. It's everyone's question. What do you have to show me about your faith? To the person who says, unless I see, what can you show as the marks of your faith? Have you ever been imprisoned for your faith? Show the hands. No one, this is Berkeley. <laughs> oh, I see one back there. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, two, two, I'm seeing two. I'm three, I'm three. Anyone else? Well, okay. All my illusions about Berkeley. <laughs> I was uh, just out one night when I was protesting nuclear weapons at the Lawrence Livermore laboratories. Um, how about any, have any of you been charged with violating the Book of Discipline? I see one, I see Dan, and now I'm two, I'm two. So um, I was signing wedding certificates in worship in 2008, during that brief window when same-sex weddings were legal in California for four months. And in the congregation that day happened to be a reporter from, of Indian descent uh, who um, had been um, tipped off that this would be happening by another clergy person, uh, the now bishop, Karen Olivito. <laughs> and, 
And so she wrote an article that appeared um, sometime later in the Wall Street Journal on the front page. <laughs> and this caused a pastor in Bakersfield to bring me up on charges. And I spent the next year uh, going through procedural motions and so forth and hiring a lawyer and so forth. So, um, but that all turned out well because no one in the Walnut Creek Church who was in worship that day would testify against me. Not a single soul. And uh, the inquiry ruled that the Wall Street Journal was an uh, unreliable source. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, newspapers are hearsay unless someone will testify to their accuracy. And the, the reporter wouldn't testify, and the parishioners wouldn't testify, and, um, and, and they found errors in the Walnut Creek, I mean, in the Wall Street Journal about Methodist polity because the reporter of Indian descent was not a Christian and didn't know anything about churches. So um, there you go, unreliable source. So, but we're talking about the marks of our faith. Okay, and so where was I? Um, this is where you can add your own marks of faith. Okay, okay. So what are your scars for doing what's right and what's just? What are your marks of faith for doing God's work in the world. What do you have to show us about your faith? Now the faith Thomas had developed following Jesus and hearing his teachings and seeing his miracles is tinged with doubt. A doubt, if we are honest with ourselves, we may share. The theologian Paul Tillich said, doubt isn't the opposite of faith, it's an element of faith. Doubt isn't the opposite of faith, it's an element of faith. For Thomas, the talk of resurrection seems implausible. He wants proof. Kathleen Norris wrote in her book, Amazing Grace, I find it sad to consider that belief has become a scary word because as its Greek root word, to believe simply means to give one's heart to. When we doubt, our hearts may be broken about the state of the world. Our hearts may be broken about racism or about war with Ukraine or about the pandemic and its response. But our doubt that God is working in the world is part of our faith. Now one week later, the disciples are gathered again and Thomas is in the house. Christ appears once more and offers his peace. And then he says to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. 
reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Jesus will meet the conditions that Thomas set for his belief. He offers himself, to which Thomas responds with the most powerful confession of faith in the entire Gospel of John, my Lord and my God. Thomas then sees God fully revealed in Christ. Christ is giving Thomas what he needs for faith. Thomas, we can imagine, is a sensory learner. He must touch, he must see, to give his heart in belief. Thomas's declaration of faith comes after he has a chance to voice his doubt. And sometimes faith is like that. It needs the freedom to question and doubt, to really spring forth and take hold. Otherwise, faith might simply be confused with a repetition of creeds or a verbal assent to something someone else has said. But true, vigorous faith comes from the freedom to question, to wonder, and to doubt. Then Jesus says to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing, all of us. It is a gift to believe more than what your eyes can take in and your hands can touch. You are blessed to believe without seeing. We've all heard Thomas called the doubter, but focus on his other name in this passage, the twin. Now, Curiously, the Bible never tells us who Thomas's twin is. Who do you think his twin is? If you want to know who his twin is, you have to put yourself in the story. You have to look around and say, is it my neighbor or is it me? We can identify with Thomas. We have all thought or said, unless I see. We have all had our hearts broken at one time or another. We are now sent to help others touch and see that God is good. We might have to help others to faith by showing them our wounds some people may only come to faith if you share what you have been through. You may need to give a witness to the ways you have overcome hurt or injustice. You may have to give a testimony to the ways you've been given new life. You may have to show your faith with acts of mercy demonstrations of compassion 
and deeds of justice. Whatever overwhelms us, Christ comes to us in the midst of our fear and says, peace be with you. Whatever doubts churn in our minds, whatever sins trouble our consciences, whatever pain and worry bind us up, whatever walls we have put up or doors we have barred, Christ comes to us and says, peace be with you. Whenever hunger and need, whatever hunger and need we feel deep in our souls, Christ calls us to the table and feeds us well. Christ sends us out into the world to be justice and peace, salt and light and hope for the world. As God sent Jesus, God sends us too into the world that God loves. podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.